This is 169 Projects. I'm Michael Tutton. I'm insatiably curious and excited about finding great work done in digital signage and visual communications. This podcast is designed to dig into some of those projects, find out what they're all about and how they came together. That might be a big experiential job, a massive video wall, projection mapping, or a cool one-to-one interactive project. Each episode will get into the thinking behind the project and how it came together by talking to the people responsible. Just like the Mothership Podcast 16.9, this one's available online, or you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or using your favorite podcast listening app. I'm grateful and excited to announce that the podcast now has a sponsor thanks to Mahler Digital Signage. That's right, 16.9 Projects is sponsored by Mahler Digital Signage. Put your digital signage network in expert hands. Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia is home to both the 76ers basketball team and Flyers hockey team, as well as the usual stream of arena-scale concerts and events. I'm looking at you, Disney on Ice. So imagine trying to install almost 20,000 square feet of interior LED displays throughout the venue without being able to impact the experience of the tens of thousands of fans attending each event. This episode, we talked to Chris Mascatello, Executive Vice President, Technology Solutions for ANC, who tells us about this large upgrade project that adds two impressive atrium display systems and new LED bowl fascia ribbons to the arena's center hung display, two outdoor LED displays, highway facing billboards, and digital menu board technology, all controlled by the same system. Thanks for joining us today, Chris. Could you tell us about the project, please? Yeah, so, um, you know, the reason we're on this call today and uh yeah it's been an exciting project uh we're talking about the wells fargo center in philadelphia pennsylvania uh home of the uh flyers uh in the nhl and the sixers in the nba as well as uh, a number of uh college programs and um you know concerts uh one of the most heavily used and booked uh indoor arenas in the united states um c was uh, brought on, or I should say, ANC has been a partner uh, of the arena for the past 15 years, and uh, now the uh, venue is uh, on the high side of uh, its 20th anniversary. They were looking to um, modernize the various parts of the arena. Uh, so this particular um, installation. Uh, that we used as part of uh, you know, a multi-year upgrade path that uh, started this year was to look at the uh, concourse areas and uh, specifically the two main uh, entry uh, atrium areas, uh, one on the uh, Broad Street uh, side of the building, the other on the 11th Street side, and find a way to modernize and bring uh, sort of a wow factor um, into what had been uh, just uh, multi-story open-air concourses uh, with, um, I think, three tiers of balcony from the suites and club levels overlooking um, the areas. And then uh, to paint a picture, these two atria open into more of the concourse hallways that encircle the building. Uh, so what ANC did is uh, we came in with um, our engineers, our uh, design folks, and then our technical people, and we walked the building um, with the stakeholders uh, uh, from the venue and looked at what, A, they were looking to accomplish uh, from a sponsorship and experiential standpoint, and then uh, came up with a, a number of ideas for ways to bring the modern digital signage feel into these areas that previously had maybe had a little bit of fixed signage, 
but otherwise were just uh, standard wall finishes, uh, you know, and uh, you know, really a blank canvas for our design folks. Uh, so we went through a few months of uh, design concepts and uh, various iterations um, on what signage to put where, what technologies to use uh, in the atrium. And uh, where we ended up was really a kind of a cool, uh, immersive space where if you could imagine really, um, you know, in the atrium itself, you have walls of some sort on three sides of you. And then on the fourth side, uh, it's more of an escalator bank that goes to the upper deck. So on the three sides where you're surrounded, uh, we did a multi-display uh, LED experience, which comprised, you know, let's say uh, sort of more ribbon displays uh, on the balcony facings, which then did a 90 degree to a large uh, vertical display that might be 20 feet wide by 30 feet tall. Uh, which then melded to the back wall, the exterior wall of the venue, with some more ribbon boards. Uh, so what it did was, A, it introduced this new dynamic element to being in the space. You had the lighting and you know the, the, the technical aspects of what an LED display will bring, but it also presented this unbelievable canvas for the venue to use with their sponsor partners to do creative content that moves around almost a, 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 a fully three-dimensional space. You can imagine, you know, a, a, a car sponsor starting on one ribbon board, having it spill out to, you know, the large vertical screen and then back to the multi-tiered, um, you know, balcony areas, which are all connected more or less as one display on, you know, three different uh, faces. Uh, and then, you know, to, to sort of put the cherry on top for uh, that portion of the experience, we also did some signage at the top of those escalators that I mentioned before. So you, know, you could tie in these two huge areas that were previously just for people ingress, egress, and maybe congregation, um, you know, pre and post game. You, you now had these experiential, dynamic digital signage areas. And what other parts of the building are you impacting as well? So, uh, you know, the, we previously um, and continue to have the uh, main center hung display in the inner bowl uh, is uh, an older package that will be getting upgraded in the uh, coming one or two years. Uh, and that was also an ANC project. Uh, and then the two ribbon displays within the bowl that show advertising, uh, game in progress information. Uh, now we sort of also have uh, captioning information, as well as statistical, fantasy sports, social media, um, you know, where appropriate. Uh, and those those ribbon boards were actually uh, one of them dated back to 2001, so uh, 15, 16 years old. Uh, and those items were also uh, replaced this year uh, as part of this uh, this stadium overhaul. Um, so that was uh, you know, a nice way to bring the modern technology, in this case, a 16-millimeter uh, LED pixel pitch um, with uh, surface mount LED technology, replacing uh, what was, in one of the cases, a 25-millimeter lamp-based LED, and uh, in the lower, the lower ring was a 20-millimeter 
uh, service mount display that I think was about 10 or 11 years old. So bringing everything to the current technology as much as we could for this year, while also maintaining backward compatibility with the existing display systems that we had uh, in the center hung scoreboard itself, uh, and then all of the uh, digital menu boards uh, and other uh, you know, LCD-based digital signage vehicles within the venue. Um, what was nice and what allowed this flexibility was ANC's uh, vSoft software platform for content management, which um, you know sort of has a two-pronged approach. One is as a uh, live event control system that is operator-based. So uh, we have a number of folks in the stadium control room that control the in-bowl displays, uh, and they are uh, on headset connected to the game producer and the game director uh, and you know, reacting to what's going on in the live game environment. So if the team's going on a run and you know they hit the three-point basket, you know, our guy is pushing the button and sends every bowl, uh, every display in the inner bowl to a three-point graphic for a few seconds before it drops back to you know the regular advertising and game presentation that was going on before. Um, you know, so that uh, you know what works with both these new technologies as well as the uh, the older displays. Um, basically, anything that can take a digital video input, we can control. Um, and then the same core engine can be also scheduled and set up more of as a digital out of home, uh, control system to run the menu boards for, uh, the concessionaires as well as the, um, you know, the marquees outside the venue, uh, and other digital signage displays, including these, these atrium displays that are less tied into the in bowl experience and more used for informational social media, uh, and advertising type displays. And did I understand that right? That that it's your own software that you developed. It is. Uh, we are now on our ninth major revision of our uh, control system. Uh, its name has evolved over the years. It's currently called VSoft. Um, and yeah, we developed it from the ground up, starting in you know probably the late nineties. Um, it was a designed to be a single uh, dis- digital display uh, controller uh, when we were just dipping our toes into the LED world with in-bowl small uh, displays on the fascia um, of the various levels. And then very quickly, we evolved to take something that might do, you know, call it a, a hundred feet in, a, in an inner bowl to being able to do a thousand feet plus with a full 360 degree wrap. Uh, then the next iteration uh, and beyond, we were bringing the ability to tie multiple displays, including the live video display, into one interface where one user can control the entire canvas of pixels with one button press. So very powerful um, engine that we created. And then um, we were able to spin that off into... Uh, a feature set that also allowed for schedule-based control, time of day, uh, as well as sort of dynamic triggers. Uh, if you think about um, you know, wanting to be able as a sponsor to, you know, if you're a 
coffee, you know, coffee vendor who wants to advertise your iced beverages when it's hot outside uh, or your warm beverages when it's cold outside um, without having to, you know, have someone change an entire playlist. We can actually take these triggers and dynamically uh, change the content that's showing based on an external data data variable such as temperature or uh, time of day, um, you know, you name it. So, you know, if you want to look at a time of day based trigger, um, you know, a fast food or other vendor might want breakfast sandwiches to be shown between the hours of 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. And then for the, uh, you know, for the evening, they might want to transition to more of the, you know, the dinner menu. And all of that is being done without human intervention. It's all in the scheduling and the programming of the playlist. And then it's all hands off from there. So pretty powerful stuff. And as I said, we've spent a lot of time and uh, taken a lot of feedback and recommendations. And you know, as I always say, the, the hey, can you, quote unquote, uh, features that are, are brought to us by you know, our uh, our customers and potential customers. So uh, we've solved a lot of problems for folks, and I think that's actually the best way that we've developed our platform is identifying a problem or trying to do the you know previously undoable. I want to get to all that data, um, but just quickly, the the software, is that something that you sell directly to clients or do they get as part of the installation and on these large projects? It's what you have to use in order to have this large installation. Good question. Uh, so it's actually the software up until about the last year or so has been an ANC exclusive piece that we provided uh, on integrated display installations that uh, we did ourselves. So we were not selling it to third parties. Um, now that's not to say that other installations that we have done over the years, uh, it was not a requirement. So if, if a customer wanted play out system a, uh, from company, you know, whatever, we would certainly do that. We are resellers for most of the entities that are out there, but by and large, probably 90% of the projects we've done did use uh, you know our ANC proprietary control system uh, in the past year, and as we've uh, you know grown and started to expand our footprint outside of the sporting world, uh, we are now uh, working with some integration partners and uh, other resellers to give them this really cool you know uh, software and hardware based asset to sell themselves into their own projects. Um, so we're, you know, right on the, you know, in about the first year, year and a half of taking it to market as a freestanding piece for other companies to use. I'd like to thank our sole sponsor, Mahler Digital Signage for their patronage. It helps cover the costs and means the podcast can visit DSC to gather some more great interviews. Here's Mahler's Luis Villafane. Hi there. This is Luis from Mahler Digital Signage. You can find us at MahlerDSO.com. We plan, install, and manage digital signage networks for marketing projects, advertising, and retail. We don't sell PCs, we don't sell screens, we don't sell advertising or do physical installations. At Mallard Digital Signage, we offer an all-around consultancy service and project management that will help you find the best hardware and software solutions to deploy from scratch your digital signage network. 
We adapt to what your company needs, from a small to large networks, with a direct support from our engineers within 20 minutes. So at Matter, we manage and design networks. We manage and design digital signage networks. That is it. Check out our website at www.mallardso.com. Tell me about the amount of data going on at Wells Fargo and uh, I guess the, the various types of data and then how it's all being brought together. Yeah, so you know, you hit you hit one of the the key um, points now for the live event experience, and you know, as they say, uh, getting the butts in the seats for these teams and venues. Um, you know, we we hit a, a sort of a critical point five or eight years ago with the rise and ubiquity of of HD and mobile devices and tablets for people at home, where you know it was really tough to, you know, you had to make a value proposition to get someone to come to the live event when they had the option of their 65 inch flat screen with the phone and their iPad and their 50, uh, megabit in internet connection and their cell phone worked. And, oh, by the way, they had their kitchen with their snacks and they didn't have to drive and deal with parking and all those other things associated with the live event experience. Now, obviously, the venue and the live event experience does have one thing that is exclusive. They have the live event. You cannot replicate the feeling of being you know, in a venue with 20,000 people um, that are of a like mind cheering on a team and those types of things. But things like data, things like functional and reliable Wi-Fi, um, those were important. You know, the, 10 years ago, you went to a stadium. And you could not get a cell signal. You might as well turn your phone off because it was just going to overheat and burn through the battery trying to establish connectivity. So, you know, that was one of the things that these stadiums in their uh, renovation and upgrade paths, they all put in very robust internet backbones, fiber fed. They all started to put in uh, very strong uh, multi point wireless uh, Wi Fi systems. And then, you know, certainly the rise of uh, DAS systems for cellular broadband um, so that everybody's phones would work. All of that was needed because everybody's got that phone. They have the tablet. You know, it's naive to think that they're not going to use those, you know, even in an event like the Super Bowl or Game 7 of the Stanley Cup or the NBA Finals or the World Series. People have become so attuned to having their fantasy information, their app of choice for tracking statistics. So you needed all that infrastructure. Now, what we as software providers and what I feel are key contributors to the in-game experience have to do is try to think and stay on the cutting edge of the data that we show on our displays. So the things like Twitter, um, you know, that's in, that's just an expectation now that you have an aggregated you know, Twitter messaging, hashtag, sorted piece that goes out to these displays. Um, you know, internet, uh, Instagram functionality. Um, you know, the teams and the fans love to see the photos of themselves, selfies and, you know, game shots thrown up on all of the various displays within a venue. Um, you know, and then one of the things that, uh, you know, we have the ability to do probably better than even the home user being in the venue is we have the direct connection and the fastest access to what's going on in the live game. So, you know, the clock data scoring, that's one thing, but 
the leagues all have now these rich stat uh, stat systems that they put in to track all of the advanced metrics and, and stat driven things. So we take all of this data, whether it's from an outside third party scores system, uh, we take the in-house game results, we'll take the NBA, NHL, collegiate, NFL stat feed. And what ANC does is we aggregate all of this information in addition to social media, um, you know, anything you can think of, and we aggregate it into one master database. Uh, that you know we have a very creative name for. We call it our stat server, um, and uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, very creative. And, and the stat server then is really the central venue-wide clearinghouse for basically every piece of data information that you could want. So the ANC systems obviously are attuned, and we pull different pieces of information and. Um, you know, we display that on, on the center on scoreboard or the end zone displays or the high corner displays for hustle stats. But also that data is made available to the in-house broadcast suite. So if they want to use it for their character generator or something that's being even produced down, um, you know, in-house that's shared with the, uh, you know, uh, concessionaire or the suites, <coughs> excuse me, um, that information is available and we provide it, you know, it's a database and, you know, pull what you need and it'll dynamically update. And it really is uh, one of the key things that people expect. If you're in an NFL game, you've got to be able to, you know, handle and show fantasy stats and scoring updates as they come in. Um, otherwise, you know, you're going to lose those patrons coming to the game. And how many different sources are there? I mean, you've got menus, you've got, as you oh. said, Twitter. Like, like, literally, how many sources would be going into that stadium's feed? You know, the the average stadium, we're probably parsing data from, you know, at, at least ten sources for for any given venue. Um, as you start thinking about, uh, you know, something as as small but crucial to the operation of the entire package as uh, tying into an atomic clock, you know, so a web-based uh, time synchronization, so that all of this is handled properly, as well as the synchronization of the displays and technologies in the venue. You have your Instagram, you have Twitter. Some venues start getting into the Snapchats and you know, sort of the you know the secondary um, social media applications. Then you have the in-game scoring controller, which is the hard box that the actual scorekeeper pushes to control clock and score. Um, there's at least one league-centric control system with its NHL ice for hockey or GSIS for the NFL um, or uh, DTBI for the, for the NBA, uh, which gives you sort of seasonal and career stats and all of the rich statistical information for that sport specifically um you will have weather coming in uh we have news feeds coming in you'll have something like uh you know a general sports ticker service that provides information and out town scores for all of the leagues colleges high schools you name it that might want to be shown um yeah, you know, that's just yeah. You know, that's what I'm rattling off simply. And then you also have more of the back of house stuff, 
So in this case at Wells Fargo, we do provide information and control for the digital menu boards at the concession stands. Um, we have a data feed that covers their pricing information and their particular offerings for for you know a, a given event. Um, you know the it may be the same item, it may be a hot dog, but it may be branded a flyer dog for the NHL and a Sixers dog for the NBA. Um, all of that stuff is data driven and it's all being dynamically routed throughout, you know, the, the, uh, you know, different control systems in the venue. So this was an upgrade of existing equipment. Uh, what, what problems uh, were there inherent to that aspect of the project? And then what project, what problems did you overcome overall in the, in the project? <coughs> yeah. You know, the, the biggest thing to overcome, there's two things that, you know, we always now having been doing this for two decades at ANC that we always know to look out for when we're undergoing renovation work. Um, the first thing is there's never, whatever a drawing says, there's always going to be something that, is in a place where it shouldn't be. So whether you're trying to put in a bracket, a mounting bracket to hang an LED sign, and all of a sudden there's uh, conduit or rebar that's not supposed to be there, you know, you need to be prepared for that and be flexible in your integration and mounting methods. And you know, the second thing, and probably the the trickiest thing for us on this particular project is, um, you know, it's it's done in the off season. Um, so we started this project when hockey and basketball were over. Um, so there was about a, you know, let's say a a three month, four month on the large, on the long end window for us to do this work in the quote unquote off season at the venue. The reality is this venue books, uh, events nearly every night. So, you know, the scheduling of work and, you know, uh, integrating our construction and installation schedule, with that of the venue so that you know we weren't stepping on each other's toes and our work areas which were the two main entrance atrium to the venue they had to be clear every day so that fans could come and go to concerts disney on ice you name the event um so that that is a pretty tricky thing we did a lot of night work um after events or in some cases if there was an open day we might have worked multiple crews to take advantage of all of the available time between events. Um, so that's something that, that required coordination and, you know, was also somewhat of a moving target because they do add events that, you know, at, at the last second in some cases, um, you know, maybe they're uh, corporate events that are not at night, but they might have, you know, brand X, Y, or Z might have a thousand people coming in for a seminar or a group sales meeting. Those are all things that we had to work around. And then, you know, the other big thing for us is those two ring, uh, two ring ribbon boards within the, uh, the in bowl space. Those were existing signs that were being replaced basically one-to-one with new technology. Those two ribbon boards are also, uh, very important to the sponsorship group. Um, and, uh, you know, prime areas for display of sponsor logos and brand messages during, um, during events, if it's a sporting event or certainly, uh, before the acts and in between acts for concerts. So we had to coordinate when to remove the old signage, 
um, and when we could install the new signage to make sure that there was minimal impact on the revenue streams for the venue. Um, so that was, you know, those are probably our two biggest things on this particular project. And, you know, they're very similar to what we go through with most of, uh, most of our projects these days. Um, you know, you run into little things like, uh, you know, Oh, the power grid that uh, we were supposed to have, you know, we needed to add a transformer. Oh, but wait, if we had, we don't have physical space for that transformer. So we had to reroute cabling to another closet, another riser room those things come up, but those are usually solved in a day or two. And, uh, you know, the, the, the arena management folks in Philadelphia could not have been better and nicer and more accommodating, um, with us as we work through all that stuff. So, you know, it really was a hand in hand partnership with the venue to, uh, pull off this large amount of work in a fairly short period of time. Last question before we wrap it up, what part of this project do you think is the coolest or, or means the most to you? You know, I think that the, the work we did in the two atrium areas was uh, the most special for for myself and for ANC. Um, it's not often that we're presented with two virtually untouched canvases of area where we're given free reign to come up with ideas um, and you know bounce those off of a customer and you know take that and then to see it in a fairly short period of time go from, you know, the discussion area of, you know, Hey, what if we did this to, you know, five months later, seeing that idea in reality, in an actual physical video board up on the wall. Um, you know, that, that's probably the kind of the most enjoyable aspect of it. You know, there was nothing cookie cutter about this project uh, you know, like I said we added 10,000 square feet of LED into an area that didn't have any at all. And we were able to, uh, you know, able to do that working hand in hand with, uh, with the customer. And, you know, some of it was standard product, but others, um, you know, in one case, the third, uh, balcony area overlooking the atrium had a, about a 35 degree angle on the underside of, um, sort of the, the balcony wall. And we were walking through one day and, uh, one of the gentlemen from the arena said, Hey, I know we're talking about just kind of going this vertical three feet of space to the railing. Could we wrap underneath to where the angle goes more to almost the ceiling? And I said, we could, I think we could. And we looked at it, we did some renderings ran it by them. They said, Oh, that would be, I think that would be awesome because that angled area is basically facing exactly from all the people on the main floor looking up. It brings that display, you know, almost directly uh, perpendicular to their eyeline. So we should, we render it. We worked with our manufacturing partners to make sure we could package it in a clean manner. And I'll tell you what, just from something we were walking around and someone had kind of a random thought, to me, that's the kind of the nicest, most unique part of both of these atrium areas is that, you know, custom cabinet packaging of what could have been three feet of LED became almost six vertical feet of this giant, you know, giant board that runs, you know, 100 feet uh, linearly and uh, in one side and I think about 180 feet on the other. 
Um, so, you know, cool stuff. And it's really nice to be able to see it come together like that. And then for a company like ANC, we were able to stretch and utilize all of our resources from our consultation side to kind of come up with the design, our, uh, you know, our regular experiential design folks, uh, our lighting design piece, then into our rendering and pre-visualization folks so that we could present it and get sign off across the board, our engineering side for the special attachments and the clean mounting and the way that we tied all the screens together to our uh, you know, mechanical engineers and our manufacturing partners to bring the vision to reality with the displays. And then at the end of the day, our installation group to, to do it in a timely fashion, hit all the deadlines. And finally, the, you know, our, uh, you know, 15 person design group who created the bulk of the content that actually went up on the displays for, you know, opening night and beyond. Uh, so, you know, it really kind of had a touch point in every piece uh, of the ANC family. And you know, we couldn't be happier with how it turned out. Well, that's great. Well, thank you for talking with us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. That's all for this episode of 69 Projects. If you've seen a project in the wild and said to yourself, now that's cool, I'd love to hear about it and maybe feature it on an upcoming episode. You can reach me at michael at crowncontent.ca. This podcast is a companion to the 169 podcast, which talks to smart people doing interesting things in this business. It's also tied in with 169, which is the website to read if you really want to learn about the digital signage industry. You'll find that at 16-9.net. This podcast is produced by me in Toronto and is a product of Vertical Media Consulting Group, the massive media empire my buddy Dave Haynes runs out of his house down the highway in Burlington, Ontario. This podcast is sponsored by Mahler Digital Signage. Check them at mahlerdso.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Michael Tutton.